Number 10 and number 24, switch. Number 18 and number 6, switch. Number 22 to the middle. Welcome to center stage. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode five of the center stage. My name is Luke. I'm your host, and I'm here with Ashlyn and B. What's going on, ladies? Hey, <laughs> how are you guys? I'm awesome. Doing awesome as <laughs> always. <laughs> Me too. Are you are you excited, Ashlyn? You got kind of a busy week coming up, don't you? Oh my gosh, yes! I actually get to <laughs> film tomorrow with um, Dave and for the Jay Cutler TV and yeah. Joe, and then my husband will be there too. So it's going to be fun. I'm really really excited for it. Awesome. Yeah, Joe hasn't stopped talking about it. He's excited too. So anytime he gets to do stuff with Dave and JTV with the team, he's super excited. So I literally just talked to him right before the show and he was like, yeah, yeah. So excited getting ready to drive over to Arizona now. And I was like, all right, cool. So he's, uh, he's excited about it too. And you got to, your show is in what now? Seven weeks? A little bit under. So, okay. yep. A little bit under seven weeks. Yep. And B, you're the same though. Well, are I mean, you, I sure think, yet? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I hope so. Let's see. If travels, if travels allow her to compete, then we'll be competing the same weekend. Awesome. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, but so in, pray not the same out. one, I think. Right, right. right. Yeah. You're going to, you're doing the Wasatch Warrior if, if you. Yes, I, I hope so. And the thing with the flights here, uh, it's everything opening up. Uh, in july like july 1st so i think i will be lucky cool. uh let's see if i can if not i will try the later ones right okay well hey yeah you gotta do what we can do and just keep hustling well i gotta yeah, tell exactly you, i was laughing because remember like last i think yeah it was last episode or maybe it was the episode with melissa where you guys were talking about like your great yeah it was melissa where you're talking about your crazy workouts and i've definitely noticed it was like all of a sudden you posted a whole bunch of stuff, and I was like, man, look at all this stuff. I'm like, she's overhead pressing with, like, antifreeze containers. She's got <laughs> water bottle, you know, upright rows. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, So awesome. You... Now, what what's in that bag that your dad has connected to the pulley? Is that where the car battery is? No, no, the car battery is way too heavy for me. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. You don't you don't use it? No, I use it just for squats or like glute exercises. Uh, gotcha. So inside that that um, that thing is um, I have some water bottles too, and like okay. free weights that I don't have a pair. I just have one single weight. So I, I saw yeah, yeah the little red weight you have yeah yeah I try to like put everything in there and I try to adjust. Um, but right. it it has been working like really well. Absolutely. I even do yeah. like shoulder press there. Like I have to, um, like be facing down like the the ground. You know, like it's a little mm -hmm. bit weird, but I can even do shoulder press there. So it's it's cool. It's creativity. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Like I was, I started really like checking it out, and I was like, you got to be. I was like, she's just killing it <laughs> with the this little inventive home stuff that you have going on there, like. 
and you the one video that you put on you're like look at what my dad made for me i was like man so was awesome like, that's a cool little contraption yeah and it and it works you know? yeah I mean, it actually works i mean i think that if i don't want to go to the gym once or twice a week or something like that if i'm off season uh i think i can get a, a workout in here like mm-hmm. a, a good one so, so have they talked good. about it all like whenever your gyms are gonna reopen have they said anything it's terrible like at least for me because uh in other cities uh they are opening on the first of june but my gym is just opening on the second of july Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I received that that message yesterday and I was like, okay guys, I will work in my garage one more month. <laughs> like it's not hey. bad, let's be honest. I I like it and I enjoy it, but I mean, I <laughs> it's a bit scaring scary to to prep like in a garage. Um oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we will do what we have to do, right? Yep, It'll be absolutely. a prep that you won't ever forget. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so sure. I was kidding. I was joking around. I'm going to go get a tattoo that says Q2020 just to remember quarantine oh 2020. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's funny. I mean, but, it has uh, a meaning, right, so. so. Yeah, exactly. So I got a funny question for you guys. So what I was thinking now, we, we talked a little bit last week about possibly, you know, discussing some of the stuff that was going on in the the in the fitness world with the strongman guys and stuff. And I know that's a little outside of your realm of expertise. And I definitely don't want to put you guys on the spot and make you like feel weird about it. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to run with that. And I'm going to ask you this question. When it comes to like competition for women, what I've noticed with you guys, especially, is that there seems to be a very much a camaraderie between the girls like you guys encourage each other you talk to each other even online i don't see a lot of like banter or a lot of like um you know, a lot of like shit talking for lack of a better term you know stuff like that you guys seem to be more supportive of each other than the guys now the guys on the other hand you know you have the ones that are supportive of each other that have been friends for a long time and they you know, they can get on stage and growl and, and, and scream at each other and be best buddies when they walk off stage. But then you got the guys that really go at each other's throats online. Have either of you ever been involved in a situation with a, a female competitor that's gotten to the point where you wanted to, like, pull some hair? <laughs> no. uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> pull some hair. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, um, here in Portugal – um we are just four bikini pros if i'm not wrong and one of them uh, no five bikini pros sorry and one of them uh doesn't even uh, live here so Mm -hmm. we are not like uh we are friends you know but we don't have like conversations or even backstage you know i don't i don't know if it's because we are such a small country and we know everyone like pretty well and everyone talks here there uh it's the the worst part of living in a a small uh place um but we don't like uh hang out you know just that i i feel that i have better relationships with girls that live uh in foreign countries like ashlyn like even in spain my i would say my best friend um is cristobalina pajares i don't know if you know her uh, but she's an, an IFBB pro uh, from Spain too, and like we have such good relationships. But here in Portugal, it doesn't really happen. I don't know why. So 
I think that that's the 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 thing that I have that has uh, more to do with what you are talking about. Okay. Besides that, I don't think I have anything. All right. No, that's good. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's good. Hey, it is good. Ashlyn, do you have anybody that you you said I heard you say no before B like gave her explanation, but. Do you have anybody that uh, that you're friends with or that you're close with that's like nearby to you? I know you train a lot of people and stuff like that. So you probably have friends through, you know, the training business. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a coach for Fit Body Fusion. And then I also have like my coach, uh, Jamie D. Bernard. She has, you know, clients and stuff, too that we're all athletes on the same team. So obviously right. like we all support each other and motivate each other and stuff. But like I have really close relationships with um, some of the girls on our team and then even some of the girls that aren't on our team, they're just, you know, pros or, um, competitors. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I have, I have a lot of really close relationships and, and friendships with, um, with a lot of, of the pros actually. So I just think that we are a community where we have to be, you know, professional and it's, it's mm -hmm. good to be professional. You want to be that type of person that is showing professionalism all the time um, in the sport right. that we're in. So, you know, I have seen cattiness. I've seen it before. I mean, I've seen it in person, <laughs> um, yeah. but it's not like really people being catty towards each other. It's more of like someone will be upset if they don't get the place and they get, and then they'll completely right, right. change like their attitude. And like, you can tell backstage that they're like, you know, they're not being professional. They like wear it on their face. They like talk, right. they're, they're like talking to another person that they're with. It's not another competitor, but they're basically, you know, like spilling the beans and being like, Oh, I'm, I'm so unhappy. They're not being professional at all. So I've right. seen it. Um, but as far as like being like catty towards one another, I haven't really seen, you know, too much of that. Good. Okay. And that's cool. I mean, so do you guys have the type of relationships with each other where like you might see, say you run into someone that you compete against and they're like, yo girl, you need to work on those. Glutes. <laughs> like, do you, do you guys have those kind of relationships where people, as I know the guys, man, they'll beat up, they'll, they like pick on each other to the point where they're like, all right, man, if you want to be me, you got to bring that back up or, you know, whatever. Like there's, and a lot of times it's fun shit talk. It's not, you know, Curious. it's not, they're not mm -hmm. being mean to each other. But do you guys, do you guys ever like have fun, you know, uh, banter back and forth between each Not other? Not really. Um, but no. I would say that's because so many women are very sensitive and it's very hard. Right. You're afraid to hurt each other. Yeah. Too. And it's hard to, yeah. to know like who's going to take what you're saying the wrong or the right way. Like exactly. you could be telling somebody, you know, giving them kind of like. It, I don't know. Some people may, may think like, well, that's not really your place. Like you're not my coach. That's not my, that's not your place to say anything. So most of the time, like you don't really hear anything like that. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to tell another competitor something, especially if they didn't ask my opinion first, if they ask my opinion, right. okay, I'll tell them yeah. my opinion. I'll be honest with them. Um, you know, and I'll, obviously I'll be nice and professional and, and, you know, give criticism where it's, it's needed if it's needed. Um, but as far as like going out of my way and like criticizing somebody or not even criticizing them, but, you know, critiquing them or telling them um, that they they need to do something better or, or come in leaner. Um, I, I do know people that have done that to other girls before and it's not turned out good. So um, I, gotcha. I wouldn't do that just because that's not my place. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it happens. I got you. And it's, you know, and I, and I hear what you're saying is that it's definitely you want to be careful because you don't want to piss somebody off by saying something that really hurts somebody's feelings, exactly. you know, and, 
and I know, and I'm, and pl- please do not take this the wrong way, but I know it's very different. There are very sensitive guys out there. Don't get me wrong, but I know it's very different with, you know, women to guys, whereas, and I'm not going to say that guys can take more crap because that's not necessarily the case, but I think guys are used to that kind of banter more often because it kind of happens more often with guys where they talk crap to each other's faces and mess around and their buddies, right? you know, whereas with, with girls tend to be more, I think it's, I think it's either one way or the other with most of the ladies that I've seen, you know, in my lifetime has been either they're sweet and they are nice to everybody and they treat everybody with respect or they're the opposite. And they're like the evil one that, you know, gets on stage and their hair goes, hair turns on. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it is what yep. it is. So, or they right. break a heel on backstage. Well, into... <laughs> What's that? Huh? Or they What'd break us a heel on in backstage at backstage or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. They try to trip you when you walk accidentally and break, break a heel. Uh, yeah, I know, right? That's funny. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to trip you off the stage, but it just happens. <laughs> so I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some funny stuff. Like I saw one from a few years back that was scary, where a girl was doing like a. It was like a regional show where a girl was doing. It was a fitness competition, and she was doing like somersaults, like back, like like uh, um, handsprings, and she like missed the end of the stage and was like, oh, "This is when oh, no. else." And and I and I don't. I don't know the story of what happened because it was just like a video online, but I would assume that she got hurt because that didn't look fun. Oh, no. Jesus, <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I was There's like, oh, boy. All right, let's get... I'm sure. Yeah, let's get into our uh, our topics for the day. So first one we got is uh, definitely seems to be a popular question. It's something that a lot of ladies out there are interested in finding out, which is your show day routines and how you guys handle and or what you consider, what you go through during peak week? Well, uh, my peak week starts um, eight days before stepping on stage. I don't know if the same happens with you, Ash, if it is seven or eight days. Um, but yeah, mine starts with it and I start with a cheat meal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I compete on a Saturday on the Friday prior to the show week, uh, if that makes sense um so wait days before i have a cheat meal um and it obviously depends on how my body looks like and if i don't uh i should not take the risk i don't do it uh but 99 percent of the time i have a higher calorie meal uh it's normally a burger or just a free meal with my coach and my team and it's like a dinner like all together and then i i have my my flight on the the following day or something like that so it's normally like that the the beginning and then on the next day i start my water loads um and i normally do zero carbs on that day but not always because once again it depends sometimes i don't need to do zero carbs but as i'm loading the water like drinking more than i used to i try i normally cut the carbs at least for that day and I don't know uh, how do you do that, Ashlyn, because everyone does it differently. But I start with 10 liters and then I do I drink eight on the next day and then six and so on until I have one or one and a half liters, which is normally the day before the show. Yeah, I do. The, well, I do. Um, I always keep my water the same during peak week. I always do five liters. So I'll keep it consistent five liters mm. every single day. Yeah, um, everyone does I, it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone does it different. Um, and I've actually done both. I mean, I've 
uh, during my national shows, I actually did uh, water loading and it was like three days. So the very, uh, so the third day out, I would, you know, have pretty much like, I would try to hit two and a half gallons, um, which is just a lot for like my, for my frame. Um, so I would kind of work my way up to that. And then I would hit like two and a half gallons and then I would just work down. So mm-hmm. I would, you know, do two and a half gallons and I would do two gallons the next day. And then I would do one and a half. Um, and then the morning of my show, I would try to get in, you know, as much water as I could, um, before, you know, a couple hours before I would go on stage. So I would be up early and I would be drinking water. Um, and then I kind of just like, you know, you, you, um, you use the restroom and all of it comes out and then it's like, you just look, you know, you're just like really, really, really tight. Yeah. So it's, it's, it just is different for everybody and it just depends, but I don't do that anymore. Um, now I'm very consistent with my water during peak week. So as long as I'm hitting five liters, um, all the way up to my show day, usually on the day of my show, I'll just drink, you know, sips here and there with, you know, my meals and stuff as I need to. But my coach is with me all day. Like, um, I usually, you know, stay the night with her and stuff. And then I wake up in the morning and she can see me and stuff in the morning. So if I need to have more water, she'll give me more water, uh, before I get on stage. But that really, it just depends on how I'm looking because if I'm, if I wake up and I, and I'm watery, then she usually won't have me do a lot of water. She'll try to get me, you know, depleted a little bit more yeah. with my water. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, regarding the carb intake, uh, <laughs> if I compete on a Saturday, as I said before, I start incorpor- incorporating, um, them on my meals on Tuesday or Wednesday or, uh, around that time maximum. Uh, otherwise I start losing a lot of weight, especially if I'm traveling and it's weird because, If I travel on zero carbs, I can actually notice like my legs are smaller than when I when I land when comparing to uh, how they look when I depart. I don't know, like (laughs) it really happens like it normally I use like uh, leggings when I'm Uh when I'm traveling and I can see my legs uh, uh, shrinking um when I land if I don't have carbs like I don't know if it's because I'm traveling like by plane or something uh but I really have to have carbs on that day too uh, otherwise I I lose like two kilos like in a flight of eight hours or something um wow. yeah it, it's crazy because it always happens and until my coach figured that out um I always looked way smaller and then I had to feel my body up way harder so yeah now i just don't take off my carbs when on on traveling days and then i normally don't include vegetables also one peak week just be, to keep the fiber as low as possible but i still take my greens because it's part of my routine and uh, my opinion is that we shouldn't change anything on peak week or the least we can change the better So uh, then as the time goes by and Saturday gets closer, I add more carbs uh, gradually, of course, and I start decreasing my cardio. So um, I don't know what you what you do, Ash. Yeah, um, it's very similar. I mean, I I agree with you. I think that the minimum the most minimal stuff that you can change is going to be the best for you. You want to keep everything very consistent, um, you know, because you don't want to freak your body out or anything, you know, peak week, your body's very, very, very sensitive. So a lot of things like traveling, stuff like that is going to affect you. Um, so for me, 
I do check-ins daily. So my peak week starts seven days out. Um, and I do a check-in every morning with my coach. Um, that way, if, you know, she sees something off or she sees something we need to change, we are able to do that really quickly. Um, and I just, my, my, uh, cardio is usually the same. Like I, it usually doesn't go less or more. It's usually just the same. Um, and then for my training, it's always more volume, lightweight training. Cause I don't want to, um, you know, break down any of the muscle while we're super depleted. You want to keep, you know, the muscles really just, you don't, you don't want to, you know, tear the tissue or anything like that. Yes. Um, and damage. you don't have energy for that too. <laughs> Yeah, right. exactly. You just don't. When's wanna... your last training day before the show? Do you start? Do you train up until the day of the show? I got... the only day I don't train is the day of my show. So I train the day. before. Yeah, me too. Okay. Or it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I'll do like a full. I'll do my uh, just walking on a treadmill, and then I'll do a a full body pump, uh, just lightweight. Nice. Okay. And yeah, me too. I like that. I like that approach and that idea. And there's there's there are a lot of people that I think take that approach, but then I've also talked to quite a few guys that will do like three or four days before the show they don't train. And I'm like, wow, okay. That's seems pretty intense, but I guess it's, you know, giving your time body to recover. So everybody has a, has a different way of looking at it, but I like the, the concept of pumping up. All the way the day before the show. <laughs> I so. like it. And I, and I've, I, like I said, I've done both. So I've pretty much experimented with everything. I mean, I've done everything because I, I kind of, I like the trial and error. I like to see what, Absolutely. my body does and plus your body isn't always going to be the same i mean you kind of have to roll with, exactly with what's happening so like you could wake up one peak week and be completely different than the next peak week so you really just kind of have to take it day by day during peak week and see how your body's responding and then oh, yeah. some, sometimes you need more food sometimes you need less food mm -hmm. sometimes you need to up your cardio uh, you know 10 minutes sometimes you need to dial it down 10 minutes like it really yeah. just depends on how your body's responding that week i even know guys that travel yeah, yeah. I even know guys that uh, stop training legs like three or four weeks before. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like if your legs are like severely oversized compared to the rest of your body, then maybe you do need to take a break. But if your legs are like on poor par with everything else, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's every, like I said, everybody has their own, you know, plan and mm -hmm. plan of attack and the way that they like to take it. I mean, I always look back at the like the olden days of like Kai, you know, I'm out of you guys. Have, have either of you guys seen the uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the movie that he did with uh, with uh, when when Oscar was his coach it was back in like the 2000. What is it? I forget what Olympia it was like the 2013 Olympia, I think, or it might have been even a little bit later than that. But they went to Vegas like six weeks before the Olympia and stayed in like this rinky-dink hotel, trained while they were out there. It starts with a B, but I can't berserk or something like that. I forget what it's called. But it was such a really cool insight into like his prep and his training yeah, for the Olympia. Uh, it was it's on YouTube and it's amazing. And it's like I think both it's two parts and it's like two and a, two plus hours long. But I mean, it just it really shows like the mind of a champion and like what he goes through. And he really like trains like up until like the day before the Olympia. Like I think his and he was training heavy. Like I'm not mm -hmm. talking about like going in and getting pumped. Like this, yeah, this dude was like you know overhead pressing like 450 pounds like two days before the Olympia. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So and and you know like I said, everybody has a different um a different opinion. Now if you had if either of you had one. In, uh, let me put it to you. Let me put it in a better way. If you guys, in comparing your notes with other people that you know that are in the industry and that are pros that you've talked to, that you may have, you know, 
had some of these conversations with? Do either one of you have something that is like that you do that's completely the opposite or different than what most other people do? And you kind of like laugh about it, but it works for you. Um, I don't know, maybe not having salt at all. Like the whole prep, <laughs> everyone has. Oh, wow! Okay. Everyone has Why salt, not? but I don't. Da, 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 Why don't da. you have salt? I mean, I my coach doesn't want me to have. <laughs> so, Does he tell you why? Uh, now I I'm do curious. have. No, now I do have. But before, like on only on high days, I have. Um, but besides that, I've never had salt. Like only on the day prior to the show, like the right. day when you have when down, you right. have your carb up and stuff like that. I used to to have. Uh, salt and now I do have but until I don't know until February of this year uh, I, I never had salt like uh, during prep of course wow yeah that's we don't use it much like that much it's okay. like tilapia we don't have it here and everyone eats tilapia mm. <laughs> Gotcha. but we just don't have so you it think it's, do you think it's more of a cultural thing because because that's just more of you know your culture or do you think it's a coaching thing that he doesn't want you to have salt uh i don't i think it's a mixture of both to be honest because okay. um i think that coaches here in portugal and i mean uh coaches in like a certain place like they try to follow uh the other's ideas sometimes like or uh, to try their ideas uh, so here um, pretty much every single coach doesn't allow much salt I would say uh, when it comes to bikini uh, athletes um, but the same happens in Spain too but then we go to United States or Japan or something and they use a lot uh, and the foods we also use like different foods and in Spain they use a lot of different foods and cultural foods that they uh, that are more common there uh, and uh, in the United States they just or you guys just don't have it and we have while right. we are prepping um, so I think it's more of a cultural thing um, but now I do have salt and I love it <laughs> <laughs> wow what about you Ash um what do I have salt? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you hear the first question? I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. <good>. Yes. <laughs> like I love salt. I carry a packet with me everywhere I go. <laughs> seriously, no. Seriously, I do salt all my food though. I love it. So, uh, but it's it's super salt. good. It's like yeah, it's not just yeah. any salt. I do salt uh, my food with. Pink That's salt. all I use is pink salt. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. So, um, but yeah, for like um let me see here for like my show day like show day routine um I'll just do so I do everything myself I mean that's just what I I like to um I it, it's just more convenient to me um so the night before I'll do my tanning and stuff um I just use pro tan and I do the do-it-yourself and I absolutely love it I've never had any issues with it it's it's way better for me to do it that way I don't ever <clears throat> I don't ever have to leave my hotel it's like if I'm traveling, I can just get to where I need to go and I don't have to worry about getting to another appointment and all that stuff. So, uh, for me, okay. it's just, it's more relaxing that way. 
Um, I do my own hair. I do my own makeup. Um, you know, I just, wear really? my- okay, cool. yeah, I mean, I just wear my okay. hair straight so I don't have to, you know, curl it or do anything. So that's super easy. Um, that I don't, I don't need to pay somebody to straighten my hair. That's ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah. When it comes to straightening it up. Yeah. 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 If you were doing like, you know, a curl or you wanted to do something completely, you know, different and you don't have the tools for it. And that's something that you do only specifically for show day. And, you know, you, you aren't the best at it, then absolutely go get your hair done. That's, that's something that, you know, a lot of people invest in and they do, and and they want to make sure that that part is, you know, perfect. And, and that's great. Um, but I don't need to do that. I don't curl my hair um, or anything like that. So it's just straight. So I do that myself. And then my makeup, um, I'm actually pretty good at makeup. I mean, I'm not like a makeup artist for other people, but I know how to do makeup on my own face. And I know right. um, exactly like, what they the judges like of me like what the colors are and stuff like that because I've experimented you know I did nine shows last year so like I got the the look nailed down that they were wanting so like the cool. makeup is probably the most easiest thing for me um in the beginning I it wish. was hard be- <laughs> it was hard for me in the be- beginning because I didn't know what they wanted so I was like oh what eye color like what eyeshadow color should I use like it was hard right. to determine that which that's most of people's problems or they don't know how to get the correct um, color foundation to match. But I actually have a girl on my team um, that she's also sponsored by uh, Protean too. So she uses Protean and she's a makeup artist. So she just told me what makeup to buy. Mm -hmm. So like I already knew exactly what colors I needed to buy um, and all that. And it matched perfectly. So whenever I put it on, it was like, it literally looked like I went and got my makeup done because it, it matched so good. I mean, that's most people's issue is they don't know uh, what foundation color to get to match their tan. Um, so it's extremely important if you know that and you use the same tan every time, like I do, then it just becomes repetitive at Mm -hmm. that point. You just, you just start doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, you don't want to change your look too much if you're doing well, just like the same with the suit. I mean, if you're doing well with the hair, if they're not, if they don't, if you go to the judges after you're done and they don't tell you to change something, then don't change it. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing and then just Absolutely, yeah. just perfect yep. your, your physique at that point. I mean, that's yep. really the only thing, but, um, but yeah, I do everything myself. So I think that if you travel, um, like I travel, um, usually two days before. So that way I'm there. I have a day to chill, uh, before the, uh, check-ins. So I have a day to chill before the check-ins. Um, I'm, I'm really relaxed. I don't have any appointments to like rush to or anything like that. So I usually get my, my, my tan done in my hotel room. Um, I do my pump up. I have all my meals like weighed out and stuff already. I did that before I got, got to the hotel. So everything's pretty chill. I mean, I usually just get there, um, do my cardio, do my, do my pump up and my tan and just relax until the morning of, and then the morning of that's whenever you do everything. So wake up, do your, yeah. for your last coat of your tan, you do your, your hair, your makeup. Um, and then you pretty much just get to the venue and relax. I mean, th- that's the day that you relax. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's refreshing to hear. I laugh because having dealt with some pretty high, uh, some some pretty uh high up there you know in terms of like rankings within the ifbb um female competitors over the years i've dealt with people that like hey can we get two shots with the product today real quick just so we can throw them up on instagram well you need to find me a makeup artist around here to to do my makeup if you want to take a picture of me and i'm like so to hear that you do it yourself is like because i've seen the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like 
I've, I've actually, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I actually had a female competitor one time who shall remain nameless that we went to an event and it was a, you know, a, a photo shoot video shoot for the company that we were working for at the time. And she got, she found a, a makeup artist herself that she brought to her hotel, had to do her makeup. Everything was good. So she had got all that taken care of and she showed up at the venue for the photo shoot and the video shoot and looked around. And I guess the lighting in the venue was made her makeup look somehow darker or deeper than it did. And she didn't like it. So she actually ended up finding another makeup artist and having them come to the venue to read her makeup because she was upset. Oh, I kid you not. She was upset at the way that that it worked out. And then here's the kicker. The best part was is that she tried to get the company to pay for both makeup artists. <laughs> and I was like, how are you going to try to get the company to pay for two makeup Something artists that you don't even within like. an hour of each other because you had your makeup done wrong? Like, come on, man. So to hear you talk about stuff like that, like, you know, being able to take responsibility for that and do and, and be no offense to you for having a makeup artist. That's okay. <laughs> don't worry. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just like uh, refreshing to hear that someone would actually take the initiative and say, okay, like I'm going to do my own because I don't think that's common. I think most female competitors, you know, I think even a lot of guys, like, I don't know how many, I don't know. Many, many guys, guys have do their own too. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, they'll go and do their, their eyebrows and, you know, they do they do their body wax and they do all that stuff. And most of them don't do it themselves. You know what I mean? They either go to somebody or they have somebody come to them or they do whatever. It's more of like a primping process, you know, than anything else. So it's kind of cool to hear you, you know, say that. And then you did kind of take it a step further and you went into the next question, which was how to ways to make show day uh, easier and less stressful. And I think you kind of laid that out um, about telling us how you, what time you got there yeah. and how, how you have your stuff laid out and everything. Yeah. So, uh so, B, what, what about you? How do you make show day easier and less stressful for you? Well, for me, I will say it's the complete opposite because, as I mean, since I got, I turned pro, I started booking the service like for hair, for makeup, and also tanning, even though now I'm sponsored for um, with Pro Tan. So um, I used it before, but my coach uh, did it for me anyway. So I had someone doing it for me too. Uh, but before I turned mm-hmm. pro, I also used makeup I, and I also used to do my hair because I, it was just needed to be straightened, uh, straightened up. Yeah. So uh, I pretty much did everything by myself until I turned pro. And then I thought, okay, I need to step up a little bit you know because uh, i felt that some something um needed to change when i was an amateur when it comes to my hair and when it comes to my my makeup so i think that i look better when i book the the service like the the makeup service and the hair service uh so that is like a less stressful thing for me if I have an appointment, I just go there and I have it done and and yeah, and I pay it and it, it's everything done. Uh, but if I if I need to to make up myself or even do my hair, even though I'm such a mess with it, I always try to. And it's <laughs> it's not a, 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 a huge concern for me. I just have to wake up earlier and and try to right. do do my things. Uh, but also, uh, I think that having food companies that make your food, like as you went, without salt or without oils or with salt, <laughs> um, right. I think that right. it, it really helps someone too. Even though I never used it, I 
personally have never needed one, uh, but I'm the kind of person who eats whatever uh, as long as it, it is what I need. Like if I have to cook chicken in the microwave, I do it. I did it at the Arnold's. So <laughs> it's it's totally okay right. for me. Like food, it's just food for me. Um, and yeah, and I used to cook a kilo or two of food like chicken or rice or whatever that I need. Uh, so I'll have everything ready to eat and I don't have to bother to. And it's just packing the food and picking it up um, and picking what you need uh, on show day. And then another thing right. uh, is packing your show day stuff, like the, um, the bag, like the heels, the bikini, touch-up stuff and brush and robe and your number, etc. Uh, the day prior to the show or even earlier, like I try to do it earlier because if if i'm traveling i do i start packing like a month earlier <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> i'm that kind of person so i try to pack everything like a asap uh, because that way i know i'm not forgetting anything like essential so it's uh, my way of not being stressful like uh, before show day or even on show day very cool well what about So do either one of, I, well, I'm sure you guys do, but you guys listen to music when you're like relaxing in the back with your headphones. Oh on yeah, Saturday? I do. And I fall asleep. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's put it, let's go here. Um, Ashlyn show day playlist. What is it? Show day playlist. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay. And you don't have to say specific songs, but if you have like favorite artists you listen to or whatever, or a favorite song, put it out. Show there. day playlist will probably be something that's going to like, like pump me up like in my head so it's got to be something like probably some stuff I work out to like you know um some probably some rap or like EDM or something that's gonna like really get me in like a good mood you know what I mean because whenever I'm training okay. that's what brings me back to it like I bring back to like like the thoughts of me training and stuff and then I'm like all right I'm in the zone right now I'm in the zone you know but Sometimes they have really good music too. Like they'll they'll be playing good music um, at the venue. So sometimes I'll just listen to the music that they're playing. If I like it, then you know I'll listen to it. But if not, then I'll put in my headphones and then I'll kind of just put in, you know, some some rap or EDM or something that's gonna like get me like pumped up and just like in the zone. Cool. Mo for me, motivational speeches are such a great thing for me when I'm like a little bit doubtful or or in that that mood uh, but besides that um you guys have to to know that i'm latina so i have to listen to reggaeton <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ooh, it's it like that or as ashley said ashlyn said um the playlists that i listen when i am working out um and stuff like that something to cheer me up i'm not sad uh, but cheer me up and like pump me up you know Stuff like that. Yeah, no right. sad stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite motivational speaker? You I to? used to listen to Arnold. Um, he has one okay, that, cool. that is really, really cool. And I, I can't remember when I listened to it. I think it was in Japan last year. But it was really, really cool. I have to send you guys because, uh, yeah, it, it is really cool. Yeah, that I want to listen. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I know I used to listen to C.T. Fletcher a lot when I was uh, when I'd be working out, like obviously, you know, like getting ready to step on a platform to lift something heavy 
at a powerlifting meet or something like that. That was kind of my go-to. And there was a, for a while, he actually had an app. It was a CT Fletcher app and it had like his like top 10 most like motivational, like, you know, and they weren't, they weren't really long. I think the longest one was like eight, seven or eight minutes long, but it was just like him, you know, basically screaming yep. at you and calling yep. you mm-hmm. a mother effort and <laughs> telling you you're a wuss and get your ass up there and hustle, you know? And it was, uh, I loved it. I mean, it was just something that got me in the zone and got me ready to, yeah. you know, ready to go. So very cool. Very cool. So I know um, we talked a little bit about this in episode one, but I don't think we really went into, we, we kind of veered off and didn't go down the path that the question was intended for. So do you guys think that you legitimately need a sponsorship or a well-known coach to turn pro? And I think if I remember correctly, um, both of you don't, you know, I think, I think B, you did have a sponsor when you turned pro, but I think both of you don't have what you would, what would be considered a, well-known coach when you turn pro obviously your coaches are knowledgeable um they're good at what they do but is it safe is it safe to say that neither one of you had a well what we would consider to be like an industry well-known no. like coach no not at all i think and the same thing with okay. with sponsors is sponsorships too um because uh regarding the sponsorships uh i always have a sponsor since i i started comp- competing as you said uh, but the one I was with before joining a uh, project, it wasn't connected to the bodybuilding world. Like it was just like a supplement store and like okay. lifestyle um, product, you know, uh, it was not like bodybuilding mm-hmm. stuff. So they don't have a stand uh, at the Olympia or the Arnolds and they are not known in the USA either. So just now after competing right. at the Olympia and at the Arnold Sports, uh, I have a sponsor that is 100% connected to the competitive life and bodybuilding. But until now, when mm-hmm. I turned pro, I was with the other company. So they were not known anyways. So uh, it doesn't have like a correlation, <laughs> uh, I think. And the judges don't really right. like care about uh care about that i think especially if we are amateurs like we are so many when we are amateurs like we are so many when we are pros and many many more when we are amateurs so i think that they won't be looking at our sponsors uh when they they have to play someone i said the judges don't know you're right yeah they they don't even know that so i think if there's 500 of you, do they ask you when you get on stage, like, who's your sponsor? <laughs> well, Sandy <laughs> knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> she always knows right, everything. Right. She's yeah. like, right. <laughs> I don't know how she can know every single thing. It's like Caesar, Caesar knows my weight in every single competition that I do. And I, I'm like, okay, how do you do? Wow. How do you do that? How do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> how do you remember? And Cindy mm-hmm. is the same thing. She talks with me, like giving me feedback. And she is like, okay, last year in Japan, you looked like this and w- whatever, whatever. And I was like, Jesus, like, <laughs> how can you remember that? Yeah, like, how do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. okay, in a serious note, on a serious note, uh, I think that having a sponsorship or not is the same thing, especially yeah. when you are an amateur, but also when you are a pro. Um, and the same thing happens um, with your coach or if you are or not well known. Uh, because both me and my coach were known when I started competing. Uh, and when I became pro, I 
was the same because I come from a small country and bodybuilding is not even a sport here. Like we don't have bodybuilding here. Uh, the government doesn't even recognize us. Um, and there are there aren't a lot a ton of athletes here too so we are super super small and we sometimes people even think that we are spanish or that i'm brazilian uh or that the the i don't know how to say it in in english but the the place where i live like it's portugal and spanish spain and then and people think like Mm -hmm. uh that we are just spain so we are so so small that people don't even know her know us and uh, yeah That's exactly so country, right? I wasn't yeah. known and my coach wasn't known either uh, when I became pro um, and I think that we all have to build our imager and appear but judges don't look at our Instagram or if we we are influencers or don't even look at our follower numbers uh yeah. or who my co- our coach is you know or are um and especially if you are an amateur once again because it just doesn't matter it what matters is how you look like right i think yeah right mm-hmm. yeah i say the same i mean i didn't have a sponsor until after i turned pro and then my husband coached me um he turned me pro and he you know did he didn't know, like, <laughs> like he we didn't know bro. anybody, you know, like I didn't know anybody. Um, and then yeah. I think that sponsorships help in regards to like saving you money and stuff like that. Um, like if you have a suit sponsor, obviously, you know, that's saving you money. You don't have to buy a suit. Um, if you have a tanning sponsor, you're saving money there. Like there's different ways to save money. Obviously, if you're promoting, you know, a company, um, they're doing something for you. You're doing something for them um, type of thing. But in order to do well, absolutely not. You don't need that. Um, I think that having a well-known coach doesn't matter necessarily. I think that if you have a coach that has been in the game um, for a while and they know kind of where to put you in terms of like what judging panel is going to like you more, um, I definitely think that that is a plus, but I don't think that having a name as a coach matters. I think that you can still not have a name and still know um the judging panel and know where just be more strategy like strategy wise to know where to put someone Mm -hmm. so I don't think that like having a name necessarily matters but I do think that if you have a coach that you know has been in the industry for a while and they know where to put you you can definitely place higher um depending on you know if they're being strategic on where they're putting you in front of different judging panels but that's about it yeah okay and that makes sense but I I look at the perspective that I've heard people say, you know, in the bodybuilding world, you know, prior to this conversation, that especially in in big events like the Arnold and the Olympia, that there are a lot of people out there that believe that coaches matter and that prestige. And what I I don't mean the coaching, that physical coaching, I mean the prestige of the name. So like a lot of people will say, you know, like, dude, if you're, you know, if you're not like, especially with the guys, you know, if you're not a Chris Aceto guy or a, you know, Neil Hill guy or, you know, or, a you know, George Farah guy at the mm-hmm. Olympia, you're not going to place, you know what I mean? So, and I, and, and I can't say that I, I can't say that I agree or disagree with that because I do feel like there's probably been times that I've watched the Olympia and I've said, ah, hey, you know, that guy probably should have placed higher, but his coaches, you know, Johnny Zimbabwe, <laughs> nobody's ever heard of, you know what I mean? And, and I, I, you know what I mean? It's just, you never know. But then I, but then I've also watched, 
you know, like sometimes we're like, like with the Arnold where someone will place great and nobody's ever heard of them before. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, well, so and maybe it has something to do with coaches and favorites and maybe coaches, you know, and I think you're, um, you hit the nail on the head a million percent where you said when you have a coach that knows where to put you and who to put you in front of, because he knows what they like and what kind of a look they're looking for. I almost think that that coach is even, is an even better coach than the one who may be able to get you like fully 100% dialed in. Like if I can get you 99.5% and put you in front of the right people, knowing they're going to like your look, that might actually be a better situation for you overall than having a coach that always gets you dialed in hundred percent, but has no idea where to place you on stage, who to mm-hmm. put you in front of, what shows to put you in, you know, it's, it's all, it's all learning process. And I think a lot of these coaches and people that are out there that, that really do train competitors like you guys that are Olympia, you know, level competitors is that they don't have the, they don't have the experience in placement and putting people in, in proper shows. They just throw you out there and have you do 10 shows in one year, hoping that you're going to fall in line somewhere. And then you get to the Olympia and you finish 15th because they, once they got you there, they just didn't know what to do with you once they got you on the Olympia stage. And that's not a testament to say they're not a fantastic coach because some of them can be amazing coaches. You could be dialed in 100% and you may be the best looking girl on stage, but if they don't put you in the right place and put you in front of the right people, then that could potentially have be your biggest downfall. So that's a that was a really cool like, you know, spin that you put on it and, and just to really give people an idea of that there's more to coaching than just 100%. dialing your body. You know what I mean? It's understanding the sport and understanding the competitions and the judging. There's strategies and all that to everything, too, so. and that's why that's why people Absolutely. think like, yeah. you know, that there's <laughs> that like politics and stuff. And it's not necessarily. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just saying that if you're strategic and you know where to put somebody and you know you know how to play the game, then you might get a little bit further than the person that maybe looks the best. You just you just never know. So being being strategic, right. I mean, is huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like anything. It's playing, you know, playing war yep. games, so to speak. Like you're out there, you know, doing doing what you got to do. So last question of the day. What, and and this one, you, you kind of saw, you kind of slapped me sideways with this question because I'm looking at it and I've been thinking about it <laughs> the whole show. And I really am, I'm really anxious to hear your answers to this because I'm kind of lost as to where <laughs> we're coming from. So hopefully you guys can kind of point me in the right direction, but cheapest way to compete. I mean, this one was a tough one. Even when Ash uh, sent me this one, I was like, uh, I have no answer for this. <laughs> because I think that there's no, right. like, in general, uh, competing is expensive. Like, you yep. you have to Absolutely, diet, yeah. and dieting is expensive. Like, if you eat, uh, if you go to McDonald's and you pay one euro here in Portugal for an, uh, a burger, uh, it will be cheaper than paying for like two or three meals sometimes that you have. Even though you you mm-hmm. pay like for uh, a kilo of, of chicken breast or something, obviously it is not that expensive, but it comes, we eat a lot. And it will be expensive anyways. Yeah. And it's just, just um, in quotes, dieting uh, and then we have the the memberships too and traveling if you are not competing uh, in your country uh, and stuff like that so it will always be 
expensive in my opinion uh, but there are some ways that you can adopt um, that can make that not so expensive uh, I think and for me it's it comes to doing it by yourself um, because we have a ton of videos as uh, we said before we have a ton of videos of makeup and hairstyling and tanning uh, and even Protein has a ton of videos on their website, like explaining how to do stuff. Right. Um, and I always followed it. So uh, it it actually uh, helps us and works. Um, and then uh, I think that uh, we all have also a friend or someone we know who can help us with what we mentioned before with what I mentioned before uh, on show they are even teaching us uh, something to apply then on show day because I learned how to make up myself when I was an amateur with a girl that uh, made my makeup for my f very first show and I liked it and then I asked her I asked her if she could um, teach me how to do it because I wanted to travel and nice. I couldn't have her with me. So there's someone there right. to teach us too. Um, and then I have the the bikini and posing heels uh, topic too because you can always buy one like second-handed one too and the, the prices are lower. Mm -hmm. Uh, comparing to the the new ones, obviously, so it's it's a, another way, just another way of saving some more money, um, and I think that you don't have to be ashamed of it. Like no one has to be, because um, if we need to do it by ourselves just to save money, like it's legit. At least for me, it was. I needed to save some money, and I didn't want to spend so much money on a makeup artist or on a, a hairstylist too so it's super legit for me at least absolutely so what you're saying ultimately is like self-educating by like taking taking advantage of the tools that are out there like the online tutorial videos and stuff like that will ultimately save you a ton of money yeah because, a ton of money I mean, believe me. it, I mean, <laughs> some of those things yeah. Oh, yeah, some of those things are super expensive. I mean, I look at, you know, like I'm sure and I know that some of these people take advantage of like show days and stuff, which is terrible. But I know it's true because I've talked to competitors where, you know, they can get like a uh, their makeup done for like a photo shoot and it's like a 100 bucks. But then they call somebody to come do their makeup. On no, it is. It is actually. I think that's you know what I, mean? you, I spent uh, like 400 or something like that yeah yeah exactly it's because they know what you're there for what you're doing so they jack the price yeah, exactly. because yeah. the demand is higher of course so yeah so if you could save yourself 400 bucks there now when uh and i think obviously something that well I'll, ashlyn i'll give you a, a chance first before i <laughs> oh I, I mean basically the same i mean just do everything yourself like i do everything myself um my hair tanning makeup and then you can rent suits so you can rent suits for a lot cheaper um, you know, heels aren't really that right. expensive anyways. I mean, you can get a pair of heels for 40, 50 bucks. Um, and then sometimes even cheaper than that. And then, um, you know, the, the only thing that's really expensive that you're going to, obviously it's going to be really hard to find like a cheaper route for this is obviously the flights, the hotel, and then the show, yeah. like mm -hmm. the travel right. and the show fees are like yeah. the most yeah. expensive stuff. 
Um, but for traveling, I mean, you can do Airbnbs versus uh, hotels. And that's what I did when I was traveling. That's what uh, I do now. For the, yeah, for like the national shows and stuff, I would just get mm -hmm. an Airbnb with my husband and it saved us way more money than getting a hotel. And, you know, you can either just like Absolutely. Uber or whatever. Um, we just took a train because it was like right next to the little like shuttle thing was like right next to the venue. But you can find ways around like, um, you know, traveling from point A to point B once you're there, as long as you don't. So a lot of people use it as a vacation. So a lot of people use their, they'll like, say they go to Miami for nationals, for example, um, you know, they'll rent a car, they'll like do all this stuff that isn't necessary. So then like, obviously that adds up and that's a lot, but if you just go and you were trying to spend of like course, the yeah. most minimal money that you can, um, you know, getting an Uber down the street, I mean, obviously your Airbnb isn't going to be far. So like getting an Uber down the street isn't expensive. I mean, stuff like that, you're just going to have to like, right. you know, five bucks here, five bucks there, 10 bucks here. Um, but it's not like super, super expensive versus like, if you get a hotel, you know, the, the host hotel is usually pretty expensive. Um, and then, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I would definitely say like, if you can, if you can go with somebody and stay with someone like other competitors or something, maybe reach out to, you know, a cup, another couple that, you know, is competing and just be like, Hey, I don't know if, you know, you you would mind, but if you want to get an Airbnb and a split it, you know, that, that would save you money too. So traveling with other people saves money. Um, just like sharing another room with somebody, stuff like that. So only ways to save money, like the actual competition itself and the fees that you have to do, like the members, the NPC memberships, the um, IFB, IFBB memberships, um, and then the actual entries. Like luckily once you turn pro, you don't have entry fees. Mm -hmm. um but as amateurs the entry fees are crazy so that's really the only thing is like once you turn pro you do get you do don't have you don't have to pay like as much you know to compete it's more of just like your hair makeup tanning stuff like that yeah exactly and i've actually heard somebody i actually heard somebody say this one time before where they mentioned that competition being a competitive bodybuilder is more of a hobby than it is of like a profession or anything like that. Because when you really look at it, you know, most competitions, there's no winnings for most people. You know what I mean? I mean, to most of the smaller competitions you go to, they might have, you know, a small prize for top, you know, for the top five that might have, you know, the winner might get 3000 and then it might trickle down from there. But there's a lot of shows that only the winner gets a pro gets a cash prize. There's, there's even, there's even, I've even seen some shows that there is no cash prize and it's even, even pro oh, shows yeah, so there's no cash prize. Mm -hmm. yeah. a, you get a, you know, a sword or, yeah, or something, you know, a cool, you get a cool trophy or whatever. But a lot of people talk about it, that if you don't have a sponsor or, you know, or, or somebody behind you that can fund you, that it can get, you know, super, super expensive. I remember talking to, um, Oh man, I forget the I forget who it was, but it was in New York Pro 2017. I talked to no 2018. I talked to one of the guys there that was there for the amateur show and he had competed um like 11 times that year and he said that if he had to sit back and figure out everything that he spent on shows that year trying to become pro, he he would probably have spent $100,000 on competing. And between his coaches and his food and his gym and, you know, he put lumped everything into one thing. And I kind of just looked at the guy and I was like, wow, man, I'm like, you know, what do you do for a living? And he's Jesus. like, I deliver pizzas. Oh, my gosh. I'm, that's crazy. No, I'm, de I'm dead serious. And 
And I was like, how do you make enough money to, he's like, dude, he's like, I hustle. I get tons of tips. He's like, I work, you know, tons of hours. He's like, I go in and people, he goes, he's like, and you know, I just do everything that I can to go above and beyond. He goes, and I happen to be in a really good spot where a lot of people know me. And he's actually from like right outside of, uh, of, um, the, uh, area, uh, what's that? Uh, white, I forget white fault, white plains, New York, where the, uh, New York pro is. He was actually from like right outside of there. And he's like, everybody in my, in my town knows me. So like, you know, they, people take good care of me. He's like, I'll get, you know, I'll go, sometimes I'll go deliver a pizza to like a regular and they'll give me a hundred dollar tip because they know that I'm like hustling, trying to make my, you know, make bodybuilding work for me and whatever. And he was a young kid. He was like 22 years old. And, you know, sadly, I think last year, the year, no, I think last year he finally like gave up and realized that he just didn't have the body to do this, you know, on a, to the level that he wanted to. And he's now a coach and works at a gym and has actually a really good like coaching business and stuff like that. But, um, but I look at like what, you know, the desire and the energy and what you guys put behind, you know, the training. Cause I mean, like for you, Ashlyn, I mean, you got, or no, I mean, both of you, I mean, you both talked about like, I'm what, I mean, nine shows in a year, six shows in a year. And I'm like, how many of those did you drive to? Just one. The majority of yeah. them were exactly that's what i'm saying i'm sure for both of you the majority of them were yep. flying staying in a hotel you know and you could and i've heard people talk in the past about you know flying in like the day of the show and, and but that's ridiculous because then you put risky. yourself in a really not come in your best too stressful exactly and that's and exactly and but i've heard people talk about that that they'll actually do that to save money so they'll only stay in the host hotel like the night of the show and then they'll leave the next day and I'm like, and I, I look I look at that whole scenario and I'm like, yeah, but how could that possibly be beneficial to you? Because when you land, you're going to be super, de- super dehydrated. You're going to have to, you know, hydrate back up. You know, there's so much that goes into that. And you guys know that's why you go to a show and you're there two or three days before because you want to have time for your body to re-regulate. To and, me, it's not worth you know, it. All that fun it's stuff. not so, worth it. If, if you, you know, have to do that, if you have to go to exactly. that extreme, then you shouldn't be competing. Then I mean, there's compete. just, yeah. you need to wait until you are exactly. better in a, in a better Capable. financial situation. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, th- and, I, and I think that that's, I have talked to a lot of young competitors at a lot of like regional shows. You know, I've, ha- I've been blessed that I've done a lot of uh, events like at smaller local shows in Florida and stuff like that. You know, still pro shows, but they're smaller, you know, local ones. I did a lot of stuff with like uh, Florida Grand Prix and Wings of Strength and things like that throughout the years since I've been doing this. And you run into a lot of like these younger amateur competitors at these shows that are like on a shoestring budget. You know, they're they're like. There, I mean, I've literally seen people where I've heard competitors talk about not having money to go out and eat after the show because they spent every penny they had to get to the show. And I think when you put yourself in that position to do something like that, like you, like you said, you shouldn't be competing. You know, if you don't have the expendable income to be able to do it correctly and be put, give it a hundred percent and take care of your body and do things the way that you need to, then you probably should get yourself in a better financial situation before you start doing something like that or really hustle to try to find a good exactly. sponsor. Yep. That's willing to pay yeah, for. I think so. <laughs> yep. I think that's crazy. So one last <laughs> thing before we get out of here for the day. And now you got 
tons of young, you know, young ladies out there listening to this show that are either considering getting into their first competition. Maybe they've competed already and, you know, they're still like moving up the ranks, kind of starting like where you guys were. And uh, what do you guys think is the, as of all of everything that's out there, what do you think is the most important piece of advice you could offer someone who's fresh, brand new, you know, and I'm not talking about from training. I'm talking about purely from a competitive perspective. Uh, so many things that I think that I uh, had to tell. Pick one. Like, firstly, <laughs> firstly, you have to Pick one. have a coach. Like, if you don't have the guidance of a professional okay. person, like, who knows what he's doing, um, I think it's not worth it because even even more if you are a beginner like every single pro has a coach so even as so especially as a beginner yep. you have to start figuring out what works for you and and stuff like that and doing it by yourself uh it's risky because if you are when you are prepping your mind plays games with you <laughs> let's be honest and if we if, if I coached myself, I think I would be at zero carbs like for three months, you know, and zero, zero water for one week prior yes, to the yeah. show, you know, like it would be super terrible. Right. So I think that having a coach is the most important thing and a good coach, like the a person that wants the best for you and not uh, doesn't just look at you as a as an athlete, stuff like that. Um, and then doing it for yourself because if you do it for the others if you try to if you are trying to prove someone something like just that you are capable of dieting and of training and etc and be an athlete and then you just don't do it because you want it like because it is for you like it's just not worth it because it won't last long yeah yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I definitely guys. agree. I definitely agree about the the coaching thing. I mean, I definitely think that if you're going to invest in something, invest in a coach because that's gonna yeah. invest in a coach that you know is is not just some like random person. You know, invest in a coach that you know is like you know in the industry, not like a super well known. Like that doesn't matter, but somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, um, exactly. It's not like every like the best one out there, like in quotes. If you compete, I definitely there. wouldn't like get a coach that doesn't have a ton of experience with competitors. Like that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely get, you know, a coach right. that has experience with competitors. And also I think that you should learn um build a foundation first, like with your body. I think that you should learn your body really well before just getting into a prep. I feel like a lot of people um, get into a prep because they want to get fit. Like they're not fit. They've never been fit. They've never done anything, you know, um, remotely close to being in a competition. They've never dieted. <laughs> they've never done anything. And they randomly just want to yeah. do a show because mm -hmm. they're like, well, I know that if I have a show date, then I'll definitely get, get fit. Like I know that I will, and that's not a good way to start. So nope. I definitely mm -hmm. think that if you start from, um, just wanting to do it to be healthier for yourself and get a really good understanding of your body first, and then do a show after you get an understanding of, of your body and learn the, the basics, um, of just, you know, training and dieting, then I think that doing a prep is, is great, but I don't think that you should do that unless you've had experience with that first. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah, and I and I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you guys more. 
especially on the and, and this is coming from someone who's not even you know ultimately a bodybuilding competitor i mean i've competed in powerlifting but that's it but for me i've always said that to myself is that i am my biggest sabotage you know and i've tried to you know i've been a coach for 20 years i have had you know, more certifications within personal training that I know what to do with. I mean, everything from prenatal to working with people who have, you know, uh, cancer patients. I mean, there's actually training that is specifically designed to help people coming back from cancer treatment. And I mean, I had like every certification you can possibly imagine, but I could not train myself for anything because I always second guess myself. It would be like one day of hunger and I'd want to change something or I'd have one day where I wouldn't lose weight and I'd want to change something. And it's like, it's so much harder to stick to a plan and stay dedicated and stay, um, stay on, stay the course when you're the one who's in control because you immediately start to judge your own decisions and want to try to make changes. Whereas if you have a coach, the coach is going to be like, just stop. Like, it's okay. You're going to have up days and down days And if it's and if two or three days like that go by and we don't see the result that we want, then we might look into changing something, Mm -hmm. but just stay the course. You know what I mean? You need to have that constant that constant pressure of someone saying, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Listen to me. Shut (laughs) up. Sometimes that's what what we need. You (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's huge. Exactly. You know what I mean? And And that's huge. And I think. You know, there are people and I know people who coach themselves. I mean, Joe essentially coaches himself, you know, and, and granted, he's not competing anymore, but, he, you know, he used to. And and I know other people, Brad coaches himself. You know, I mean, we I know people who coach themselves, but it's a very different kind of person, very different mindset, very different. Someone who has so much more experience with it all together that really can do that exactly. for themselves because most people can't. We need somebody guiding us along the path. So awesome. Well. Ladies, that was episode number five, and uh, it is getting crazy over here. I don't know if you can hear the thunder in the background, but it is thundered over here, like cackling, like multiple times. And I thought it was no, gonna shut off. We can't hear the it. Internet, <laughs> like ten oh. times already. So, okay, good. So that means <laughs> I'm hiding in the back, and I'm doing good. <laughs> All right, guys, ladies, I will see you both next week, and look see you next week. Show coming out on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Awesome. See you next week.